You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. On today's show, I have quite possibly one of my most favorite show titles that I've come up with, and it's the untold story of the three little pigs that traded options. Yes, we're going to go all the way back to your days as a child, or even if you're a parent right now, you've undoubtedly read this story to your kids. But I want to walk through these three different kind of scenarios. And we're just going to use little little pigs as little like guinea pigs, basically, in the sense of, you know, little models for our discussion here today. The one thing I will mention is that the discussion today is going to be a little bit difficult if you're not looking at these charts. So I'm going to walk through some of these numbers, but I have a screenshot of these different portfolios that we're going to be using here today as the basis for our discussion on the website, on the show notes page. You just want to head on over to optionalpha.com slash show 157. Again, that's the the number 157, optionalpha.com slash show 157. If you haven't yet, go ahead, just hit pause on the podcast player, wherever you're listening to it, head on over there, take a look at these so we can walk through these together because it's really, really important that you actually visually see what I'm about to talk about because unless you see it happening and you can see all these numbers in front of you, you're going to think to yourself, this is totally crazy or I don't get it or you know, you just get lost in the numbers. So again, go on over to the website, to the show notes page, pull this up, download it, just look at it as you're listening to this podcast. I think it would help out tremendously. Okay. So the story of the three little pigs, we all know the story of the three little pigs. I'm not going to rehash that, right? One built a house with straw, one built it with sticks, one built it with bricks. And today's analogy is going to be going through three different portfolios. And so when I go through these three different portfolios, I'm only going to change one factor. And it's going to be an important factor, but it really relates to a concept that I try to teach all the time. And I haven't been able to yet really get across the point that I've been trying to make with this. And I think today's podcast is really going to help out because it's going to prove what my understanding of volatility and portfolio performance and stability really means. And it's hopefully a concept that is simple enough that it's applicable to everybody. So I wanted to use the three little pig story as basically the foundation of this. Okay. So these three little pigs that end up trading options, all three got $10,000 from their mom. So the mama pig gave each of them $10,000 and said, go out and start trading on your own, start building your portfolio, building your house, whatever is the analogy for this podcast. And so they did that. So the first one went out and he started making trades. And so he basically built his house with straw and this trading strategy that he was using was highly volatile, right? So what he wanted more than anything else is he wanted to win big. He wanted to shoot for the moon. He wanted to be an aggressive trader. He needed to make money for whatever reason, needed to survive. And so he built his trading strategy out of straw and he had really good performance in some years, but then in other years he had really, really bad performance. So what you see in this first model portfolio of this little pig is you see a very 
wide disparity or wide variation in performance. So the first year, because he's trading an aggressive option strategy, maybe uh, selling or buying options, trying to really hit it big and make these home runs, you start to see this little pig start to have wide swings in his portfolio. So his $100,000 he starts with, initially, he loses 19% randomly over the first year, 15% the next year, and 12% the next year. And so he has a really bad string of losses right up front, right? There's like nothing stopping you know him from losing money. He just loses money hand over fist. And to be honest with you, this is actually how it happens in some respects to many option buyers. Many option buyers, in this analogy, look at option strategies as a cost of doing business until they hit it big. So they're comfortable losing 10%, 15% a year, you know, buying these options or buying these, you know, contracts, hoping that when they hit a big, they hit it really big. So what we looked at is we said, okay, if this little pig loses 19%, then 15%, then 12%, but then has this nice run of wins, right? Just again, he does hit it big and catches it at the right time. He wins 21% the next year, then 35% the next year, then 21% the next year. And you could easily make the argument. And if you're not looking at this, you could think to yourself, well, he's got to be back above water because now he's making more money than he lost on a percentage basis, but it's just not the case. So even after coming back all the way around and making 21%, 35%, 21% again, he still hasn't recouped back to his starting capital of 100,000. So now the cycle comes again and he goes into another little slump where he loses 29% and loses 16%, but he finishes really strong. So for the next two years to end out this 10-year cycle, he makes 41% and then makes 38% back to back. Now, again, this is very, very classic option buying or aggressive option trading portfolio style. Lots of years where they make a ton of money. And potentially years where they make a ton of money in a row, years of 21, 30, 40% in a row. And I see it all the time. And people always ask, well, Kirk, why don't you do that? And we'll talk about that here in a second. But they always say, like, why can't I make 20 or 30 or 40%, you know, year after year after year? And then you can, but there are other years where if you keep trading that strategy, and you don't know when that's going to happen, you're going to go through a cycle where you lose 15 and 18 and 12 and 20% in a couple years. And so you just don't know when that distribution is going to happen. But this model portfolio for this first little pig that built its house on straw, its portfolio based on straw, is based on a lot of fluctuation and a lot of volatility. And you could even think that when the big bad wolf comes along and starts blowing on this house, a house made of straw is going to move and shake violently as the wolf is blowing on it. I'd say like the big bad black swan, but when the black swan comes and starts flapping its wings, this house is going to start shaking violently. And that's that's what you see. At the end of this baseline scenario, this first little pig generated a total profit of $38,971. So he still made money. So at the end of the whole thing, all the ups and downs that he went through, he still ended up with money at the end. Now, I don't know if this would really be the case as an option buyer, but I just like did it because it proves a point as we get through the other little scenario portfolios here. So now the next pig comes along. He sees what his brother, sister has done before and says, you know what? I like his idea 
but I want to try something that's a little bit more conservative. So maybe he tries an option spread type strategy where he's buying spreads instead of just buying outright contracts. Honestly, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm not using this as an example to say this is exactly what you'll get if you buy options and this is exactly what you'll get if you buy spreads, but I'm just using the story to kind of prove the point. He wants to build his house with sticks. He wants something that's a little bit more sturdy than straw, but he's not willing to invest the time and the effort that's required to build his portfolio out of bricks. And so the second little pig comes along and he says, you know what, here's what we're going to do. I want to take the exact same returns from the first little pig and I want to mirror what he's doing, except I want all of my returns to be 5% more narrow. And what I mean by this is that if the first little pig lost 19%, his model portfolio is only going to lose 14%. And if the first little pig made 10%, then his model portfolio is only going to make 5%. So what we're doing here is we're like physically compressing the volatility of the portfolio down towards zero by 5% every year. So every year that the first little pig started his trading, the second little pig, his his house built or portfolio built with sticks is going to show the same type of volatility in trading, just 5% compressed on either end. Now, this is a great analogy for what trading is. Trading, in some respects, is doing a lot of the same activities, just with varying degrees of asset allocation, position sizing, and risk. It's all one and the same. Sometimes you've heard the analogy that a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, it lifts some boats more than others because of how much money you have at risk and how much capital you have allocated. So I don't think it's unfair to say we could build a portfolio that's based off of something else that's really volatile and compress the volatility down closer to a more reasonable range, okay? So when we do this, we now start to see that the second little pig, again, like the first little pig, went through a little bit of a loss streak. So the first little pig lost 19% the first year. The second little pig lost 14%. The first little pig lost 15%. The second little pig lost 10%. First little pig lost 12%. The second little pig lost 7%. So all 5% less because of his risk control and basically or potentially just allocating a little bit less money to trading. Now, when the first little pig started to go through this streak of making money where he was making 21 and 35 and 21%, the second little pig did not make as much money. So now because of his risk control and the fact that he was trading either smaller positions or doing spreads, when things went really well, he also did not participate fully to the nth degree that the first little pig. And again, this is a common classic complaint that we get from people all the time is that if I don't trade these strategies and if I cut things off early, then I'm going to lose, you know, potential when things go the right direction. So in this analogy with the second little pig on the sticks house, they he made 16%, 30%, 16%, all 5% less than the first little pig through this run of potential good trading. And then we just continue that for the rest of the time. So again, through the rest of the 10 years, no matter what happened, he did basically the same as the first little pig, just 5%, either less of a loss or less of a profit on either end. So on either end, he compressed it down into a more narrow spectrum. Now at the end of the year, the surprise surprise here is that even though they had the same types of trades on, the second little pig who built his house out of sticks in some degree 
ended up generating more money than the first little pig. The first little pig had $138,971. The second little pig, because they had less volatility in their portfolio, generated $154,055 in their portfolio. Now, the interesting thing here is that the average return for both of these is exactly the same at 6.5. It's exactly the same. So when you look at a portfolio and you see one portfolio has really wide fluctuations, the other portfolio has not as wide fluctuations, it might end up that they have the exact same return. The difference between these two portfolios was the volatility or the standard deviation. So what we measure as standard deviation of the returns ends up being in the first example with the first little pig that builds its house out of straw, 27% standard deviation. So you would expect your portfolio to swing by 27% over the course of that 10 years. The second little pig that built this house out of sticks had a standard deviation in his portfolio because he compressed things, maybe allocated a little bit better. He had a standard deviation of just 22%. Now, this is really fascinating. Think about what has logically happened here. The second portfolio had less volatility, did not participate in all the upside potential, nor did it participate in all the downside draws. So you can make the case for both sides, but had the exact same average return. And because it had less volatility, ended up generating more money. Less volatility in the portfolio, more money long-term. That is the key. Less volatility in the portfolio, more money long-term even though he generated, in some cases, less of a return for some years versus others. That's really, really important. So when you look at the second little pig and one year he generates 16%, someone else generates 21% for one particular year, that one year, that other guy might look really, really smart. But it's the second little pig that was more cautious about his overall volatility in his portfolio that ended up making more money in the long run. Now, Let's entertain the idea of the third little pig. So we all know the story. The third little pig builds its house out of bricks. So now the third little pig comes in, same $100,000 starting capital from Mama Pig, and says, you know what? I like what my brothers are doing. I just want to do it on a much smaller scale. And so maybe he starts selling options, or maybe he just does the same thing they're doing just on a much, much smaller scale, and he's really cautious and wants to reduce the volatility of his account. So whatever his brothers do, he ends up taking 10% off the first model portfolio on either end. So that means if his brother, the first little pig that built his house out of straw, loses 19%, he would lose 9%. If his first little uh, brother who built his house out of straw made 20%, he would make 10%. So he literally narrowed the scope of his returns dramatically on either end so that he gave himself an opportunity to preserve capital first and foremost. So we go through this scenario and you can see this on the site if you go to the site and if you're watching this right now, you see what happens. We start to see that the first little or the third little pig has pretty standard returns in many respects. He loses 9%, then he loses 5%, then he loses 2%, then he makes 11%, makes 25%, makes 11, loses 19, loses 6, makes 31, makes 28. He does a, a decent job, but his return variation is much more narrow. He doesn't have these huge peaks and valleys. He's not going from losing 29% to making 41%. He's got a much more narrow range than that. And so at the end of the 10-year cycle, 
he does exactly the same average return, 6.5% of the entire portfolio. But because his standard deviation or his volatility in his account was dramatically lower than the first two little pigs at 17.3%, he ended up generating $166,587 in his account. So $166,587 compared to the second little pig who generated 154000 and the first little pig who was all over the map with his trading and generated 138000 So this is really, really insightful stuff. If you really take a step back and think about this, exact same model portfolios, exact same distribution of returns, just the variance is compressed because of allocation or the strategy they were trading or how much they had per ticker, and you get the exact same average return across all portfolios. But because the variance in the third little pig's portfolio was so much smaller, he could grow at a more constant and predictable pace and ultimately ended up generating a lot more money over the course of the testing period. So this is really, really, like to me, really impactful. This proves the point that what you should be focusing on more so than just returns in a year or two year or even a string of years is the volatility in your account. Because change the volatility in your account and that more than covers any differential in returns that you might see. It could even be argued that the second or the third little pig could have averaged a lower return and because of the volatility would have still generated more money. And so most people would not think about that. They think about, oh, if your average return is 6% and so-and-so's average return is 5%, well, then the person with 6% average return should make money. But that's not the case. Because of the volatility in their account, they might have actually made less money. Now, what we also did, if you look at the website and go to the screenshot that we posted on the show notes, is we actually did the complete reverse uh, allocation in the bottom section. So I know undoubtedly some people are going to say after listening to this and watching this, well, Kirk, you basically put the first little pig at a big, you know, at a big downside drawdown right out of the gate. So the first three years randomly, and I did all this with random returns. We just use like the random number generator inside Excel. But the first three years were randomly big losses. So yeah, it's, of course, the first little pig dug himself into a really, really deep hole that he couldn't get out of. Okay, well, let's flip everything around. So let's assume that the returns happened completely inverse. So the first year return happened at year 10. Number 10 year return happened right out of the gate. So if we flip everything around, now we see a portfolio where, in the case of the first little pig, he makes 38% right out of the gate. Then the next year makes 41% right out of the gate. And then he goes through a string of losses, loses 16, loses 29, then makes 21, makes 35, makes 21. He's crushing it. He's killing it. But at the end of the year, or the end of the 10-year cycle, no matter how we do the distribution of returns, he still lost or still made the exact same amount of money. It's fascinating to actually see this play out. You can calculate by hand if you want to. We already did it for you. But at the end of the cycle, with the returns completely flip-flopped, so total inverse of return distribution, and the first little pig still ended up with $138,000. The second little pig flip-flopped the returns that built its house on sticks, end up with $154,000. The third little pig that built its house out of bricks much less volatility, completely flip-flopped their returns, still ended up with $166,000. How is that? 
how is it that that can possibly be possible? And the answer is because the return distribution doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you make money early or make money late. It doesn't matter if you go through a slump and you, you know, have a win streak in the middle or the end or the beginning. It really doesn't matter. What matters is the volatility of your account. Because the more volatile your account, the bigger the swings that you go through, the less you're going to make overall. So I don't care if you did early wins or early losses, middle wins or middle losses in a distribution. What matters more so than that is the volatility in your account. And we prove this through doing this case study thing on the three little pigs. So the key thing that, again, I want to get through here, if you haven't heard me say it a billion times, and I just want to re-emphasize this, is that when you reduce the volatility in your account, when you curb huge losses and huge gains, you create a portfolio that is more stable and more able to compound at a nice pace moving forward. I visually think about this as a smooth equity curve. I want to drive my portfolio up a very smooth equity curve chart. I don't want to go through peaks and valleys all the time. And so for that reason, that's why I generally allocate a lot less money to my trading. Because in many years, I might underperform somebody who's going bananas and crazy with their trading. Really aggressive, buying options, doing every earnings trade, getting everything right. Because I know at the end of the day, it's going to come right back around. And what they gain, they're going to lose and then some. And I'll just be slowly chugging along in my portfolio built of bricks versus everyone else built of sticks and straw. So hopefully this helps out. Hopefully this helps prove the point. Now I want to add one other little bonus feature to this. And the bonus feature, and if you are on the website, you can see this. If you haven't yet, please go over there because you can see this. We post the results in here. But we said, okay, what might a model portfolio in this case look like for an options trading strategy? And so what we did is we pulled out a random strategy. I'd say semi-random because I just ran like a strategy I know does fairly well. It's not the best strategy by any stretch, but it's a really, really good one. And it's a weekly short strangle on IWM. Very simplistic. So you're entering one trade a week, which is probably not enough for me, but one trade a week targeting 40 days to expiration, no implied volatility rank filter. So you're not saying, oh, I'm only making trades when implied volatility is high. Nope always making trades, one trade per week, nonstop, every week, like it's your job. And $100,000 portfolio size, and you're allocating 30% of that to trading. So that means 70% at all times of the portfolio as it grows is left in cash. Think about that for a second. 70% is earning zero left in cash. Technically, you can earn probably a little bit more in cash, but for our model portfolio purposes and backtesting, we assume zero. You take profits at 50% as usual and no stop loss. Yes, that means we are trading naked positions with no stop loss. So if it goes completely against us, which it did in the first part of this backtesting model because it goes through 2007, 2008, we do not have a stop loss. We take it as it comes. And so in this case, we were doing a 20 delta short strangle on IWM. Now, what's interesting is that we get returns that are fairly wide, but actually pretty narrow in the options trading space when you look at it on an overall portfolio context. And so what we did is we basically put these returns in side by side with the three little pigs. And we said, okay, if we're starting with $100,000, the first year we make 28%. That's awesome. That's good. That's a really good first year. We actually modeled that the second year you lost 48%. 
Now, why do I say this? Because in reality, the second year when you actually trade this and backtest this on our platform, and we show this in the screenshot so you can see it, 2008, you only lost 1% going through the market crash in 2008. Only lost 1%. Now, I am assuming by a wide margin that for some reason you decided to totally kill your portfolio for that year at the bottom and you didn't trade in November, December, et cetera, or any of the other times where you actually made money before the actual crash. So I'm being highly, I guess, overly aggressive in saying the second year you lost 48% right out of the gate. Now, again, this is not the reality of how the strategy performed. This strategy actually performed. If you stuck with it, you only lost a little over 1%. But let's, again, for the sake of argument, just to make all the naysayers, you know, kind of go back on their heels. Let's say you totally lost yours in mind and you canceled everything. You closed out of all positions at a 48% loss for the year, which is not, I mean, like some people could do that. They could lose their minds and do that. And so I modeled that into the portfolio. So you made 28%, then you lost 48%. And then the rest is just exactly what happened over the ensuing years trading a strangle. You make 1%, you make 11, you make 20, you make 26, you make six, you make eight, you make 18, you lose 16, et cetera, et cetera. You end up actually with an average return, even losing 48%, when you really didn't lose 48%, but let's say you did, of five and a half percent. So an average return on the whole portfolio. Again, this is keeping... 70% in cash as your rainy day fund, still with 70% in cash earning zero, the whole portfolio still earned five and a half percent and with an average standard deviation of 22%. So that still means that you did really, really well keeping your position size in check because you didn't over allocate, right? You didn't over assume that you were going to make money trading options kept a lot of money in cash and just played the math and the numbers. And you end up doing fairly decent, assuming the worst case scenario happened and you sold it at the exact wrong time versus being systematic and mechanical about it. That to me is very fascinating results. That to me shows that if you can stick with a trading strategy that has high probability of success and uses the leverage of options, but are controlled enough as an adult, not as a little pig, but as an adult to keep a lot of your money in cash and reduce the volatility in your overall account, you have a really good shot of generating amazing returns and steady returns moving forward into the future. And so hopefully this whole discussion on the three little pigs really help drive home this point. In fact, if it did, please let me know. Head on over to the show notes page. If you're listening to it right there, if you're listening to it on iTunes, whatever you want to do, let me know if this helped out. Because I think to me, this is one of the one of the coolest podcasts that we've done because I think conceptually it makes a lot of sense why this happens and hopefully showing this um, just you know gets you that much further uh, in your training and your in your education. All right. So now before we head into the Trader Q&A segment, I wanted to give a quick shout out. And again, thank you to one of our members in the community who left us a review recently. And by the way, we have a lot of reviews on iTunes for the weekly podcast, not nearly as many as people actually subscribed. So if you've been on the fence and you haven't left a review yet, and if you like what we're doing, please take two minutes and just leave us a review. It really, really helps. It helps, you know, spread the word about what we're trying to do. It helps get us into suggested categories and featured podcasts. Uh, because this is how we grow. We grow through word of mouth. So uh, Bo said in the following in a review on iTunes, he said, it's the complete 
training pipeline. So many market educators teach you 75% of what you need to know to make their system work and then charge you for the key components. It's not the case here. And Kirk really helps separate his passionate educator status from the rest of the other salesmen. Your time here at Option Alpha is never wasted. So I really appreciate that, Bo. As always, again, thank you guys for supporting what we do here at Option Alpha. It really does mean the world to us. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. My name is Patrick. I've been trading for six months now, I guess. And uh, my question is about the call spreads. So uh, here we go. So let's say I have a call spread and uh, the stock price is moving up. And uh, now my uh, short call and my long call are in the money. So let's say my uh, short call is being assigned and my maximum risk on this call spread, let's say it's it's uh, about $1,000. Uh, so my question is, what kind of action will I have to take now since my short call is being assigned? Or is this something my broker is doing automatically? Or do I need to go into my platform? And uh, what kind of action will I have to take with my long uh, call to have, uh, you know, like this $1,000 uh, maximum risk on my call spread? So I hope my question is clear. Looking forward to hear something from you. All right. So Patrick, thank you so much for submitting your question in here. I really appreciate it as always. Again, just to recap this with Patrick, the real question is, okay, now that this stock is moving up and my short call was assigned, if I have this call spread in place, which supposedly gives me risk, then what do I do? Do I just keep my long call option in place now that it's in the money or do I immediately exercise it? What happens in this scenario? So the first answer is you are protected in your risk right now. So you do have the short call option that was assigned, but your long call option protects you. So it still is protecting the 100 shares that you are assigned for that one long call option. Now you have a choice here of what you want to do. In many cases, I would tell people just to reverse the shares manually. So get rid of the stock shares that you were assigned and then sell out of the option contract that you're still long. This is probably the cheapest way to go. So cost-wise for brokers, commissions, assignment fees, this is the cheapest. You reverse the individual components if you don't want to hold the position. Now, if you do want to hold the position, you can still hold the shares that you were assigned and your long call option. Because ultimately, until we reach expiration, that call option adds as protection. And maybe the stock falls and you can reverse everything for a profit still. So that question would have to be answered by you if you can hold, in this case, the stock in the position, at least for the time being, without going through a margin call or needing to add more capital to your account. If you can and you believe that the stock could go down, you could still hold the position as is. The other thing you could do is just let the option contract expire in the money. The broker would then exercise your long call option. In that case, it would just net out the differences in the stock shares. But in my opinion, that's the worst way to go about it because you pay the additional fees that are involved in going through exercise and assignment. 
So many times brokers charge really, really large fees, 15, 20, $30 to go through this process. You could just easily do it yourself and pay the dollar or $2 of commissions to manually close it um, on either end. So again, I think the last resort is just letting it get ex uh, get expired and go through assignment. It's probably the most cost uh, cost intensive way. You're still going to be capped in your risk because the shares are going to net out, uh, but ultimately that's you know going to cost you money on the commission side. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. As always, if you want to get your question answered here on the podcast or live on Facebook and YouTube, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask just like Patrick did and click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. Again, there's no software to download or install and it's incredibly easy. So let's get in the closing bell segment now where I'll discuss a new trade that we're making today in XLU. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so new position today that we're getting into in XLU and very much like what we did last week with XRT, we are trading the at the money iron butterfly. These things work really, really well in low implied volatility markets because we're effectively option sellers by selling the inside strikes, which are the straddle at 58 in this case with XLU, selling the 58 straddle for about uh, $2.15 and then we're using some of that premium to buy cheap protection on either end. And what's really cool about this is that when you do this during low implied volatility, one, you don't have to go that far out to buy cheap protection, but two, it's cheap. And so for me, if I can use a little bit of my credit to buy cheap protection, I'll do that all day during low implied volatility because my risk as an option seller is that implied volatility goes up. And so if I can have these options on to protect me and control that margin expansion and make that risk kind of eliminated for a black swan event, that's what I want to do. Again, what we talked about today in today's podcast was the controlling of volatility in our account and reducing the variation. So in this case, we're collecting $2.15 for selling the straddle, and we're going to deliberately choose to buy cheap protection at 62 on the call side and 53 on the put side for a total cost of 20 cents. So we basically reduce our net credit down to $1.96 overall. So a little bit of premium goes a long way in protecting and reducing volatility for our account. And we still are net selling options neutral in the market, still playing the positive expected outcome that we see. So we like XLU because again, it's a utility ETF. It gives us a broad uh, range of diversification for the utility sector. Um, and it's good for our portfolio. We know we backtest these tickers against one another. This is one of our core tickers that we want to start trading as XLU so that we have exposure to utilities. Even though implied volatility is low, it gives us a lot of diversification benefit moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show about the three little pigs. And as always, got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links, screenshots, and all those pictures mentioned in the show 
and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 157. Again, that's just the number 157, optionalpha.com slash show 157. And until next time, happy trading.